the mark of the beast, the Antichrist, the lake of fire, the second death. These are images that flooded my adolescent mind alongside real-life stories of pastors in Soviet prisons and mental institutions. This was all alongside the ever-present possibility of a nuclear holocaust. Fast forward to today, we have Russian hackers, disinformation campaigns, fake news, conspiracy theories, and to top it all, a global pandemic. Surely, the stage is set. I'm Paul White, and this is Apocalypse, the Book of Revelation. Join me and my special guest and friend Pete Milner as we explore what God might be saying through this incredible book to us today. Hi everyone, and welcome once again to my sauntering podcast. And today I'm super excited, we're on chapter 15 of the Book of Revelation, and here with me is... Pete Milner. Woohoo! And Pete, this has been some journey, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. And it it has been harrowing yeah. and glorious, glorious yeah. at the same time, which yeah. of course was, was partly John's point when he wrote yes. this. But it does show us the risen Jesus, doesn't it? It certainly and does. With whom we all must deal. <laughs> yep. I just love how beautiful Jesus can appear amidst the disruption and the death and the like there's no such thing as normal in the book of revelation is it and to tell the truth actually there's no such thing as normal here either no just when you think we've overcome something and we've got a new normal it's profoundly disrupted on his head again yeah yeah, nothing ever gets too long before it's completely upended by some other move so lord jesus today we invite you to speak to us again through your word Make it live to us. Make it shape us. Lord, we want to be the one we gaze on. We want to become like. We want to gaze on you and become like you. And just like we were here in in chapter 14 about that choir of 144,000 whose music sounded just like the voice of God. Mm. That's what we want. Lord, we want when we speak to sound like the voice of God. We want our hearts to embody your heart so help us lord amen amen so chapter 15 here we go it's a short chapter but i'm sure it's got lots to say to we us. can make it long if you want <laughs> <laughs> yes so i shall read he says then i saw another sign in heaven great and amazing Ooh. seven angels with seven plagues which are the last For with them the wrath of God is finished. Wow. And I saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mingled with fire. And also those who had conquered the beast and his image and the number of his name. Standing beside the sea of glass with harps of God in their hands. And they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and amazing are your deeds, O God. Lord the God, God the Almighty, just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? <clears throat> For you alone are holy. 
All nations will come and worship you for your righteous acts have been revealed. Mm. So this is another sign in heaven. This language we've heard before. Yep. This one is great and amazing. Yes. And it, it does feel now that we're at the absolute zenith, doesn't it, of, yep. of history. Yep. This is going to be the end of the wrath of God, which, as we said last week, isn't ended when Jesus dies on the cross in that sense. It has to be worked out into history in the real mm-hmm. lives of people like you and me, either to pass our punishment over to Jesus by our true repentance or and faith or to receive the wrath of God in our own selves and so this this great outpouring of of God's wrath which is coming is this great and amazing sign but I feel like the great and amazing thing is this lovely assembly um singing this song that's the really wondrous thing because they've overcome the beast they've defeated him Right, they've conquered uh, uh, him. Do you? Let's just explore that a bit, because to me, that is probably one of the most exciting verses in the whole book. Yes, absolutely. Because I mean, like we saw in chapter thirteen, I think it was, didn't we? How horrible the beast is, and yes, the one from the everybody comes and worships him, and, and the second beast, yeah, ugh, kind of persuading people he's like the cheerleader for the first beast and yeah and the, the first, first beast the cheerleader for satan himself which Ugh. is no help is it <laughs> and the first beast is being like he's almost a, a sort of mock messiah and he yes. was fatally wounded but he's miraculously come back to Revived, life and full yeah. strength and so on and you've got this unholy trinity haven't you of yeah, the dragon yuck. and the two beasts and you think oh dear disgusting and yes. yet these, These have beautiful human beings have conquered him and his image and, and the number of his name. Yeah. And they're there with harps. <laughs> so I, bet, I bet all the beasts people are in hell with their accordions. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The, the serious point is that he really can conquer the beast. John is... Incredible. John, the, the person, John, the writer, John, the New Testament author... Um, I don't know whether Revelation was written by the same John as the John's gospel letters were, but I think it might be because Mm -hmm. this theme appears again. And he writes in one John, he says, all right, you young men, you've already, you've you've conquered it. Yeah. You've already overcome. You've totally done it. Well done. Good job, lads. That is incredible. And this sense that we conquer the beast by our faithfulness to Jesus. He cannot touch it. He can't beat it he's got no kind of equivalent thing that could trouble it if we will be faithful to god and to the lamb then yeah. we defeat him it's incredible isn't these it? these guys are laughing and singing and celebrating aren't they the hilariousness with which their humble meek faith threw over the dragon's grasp on them yeah because i mean he was it it really was phenomenal what this dragon the beast and everything could do with the supernatural signs yeah, yeah. making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people yeah and you know it deceives those who dwell on the earth and so on and so on and so yeah, on yeah. and then it kind of monopolizes the economic system so you can't buy and sell so it literally seems to hold the power of life and death mm. and the coercive strength to get everybody on the earth to think yes of course i should have the mark of the beast yes. on my forehead or whatever that means 
But here we have these people who are blissfully above it. They've risen above all of that because they they have held on to... They've taken mm. these words like this calls for the endurance of the saints and those who keep his commandments of, you know, and so on and so on. Yeah, yeah. And keep the Lord's commandments. <clears throat> and here they are with their harps singing this song of Moses. Uh, it is interesting, isn't it? Because the song from the previous one that no one else could learn was the song of the lamb, wasn't it? The new song that, that only the 144,000 could learn. But the song of Moses, I mean, it could refer to, I think possibly one of three things. There's, there's one at the end of Deuteronomy there's one at the end of the Red Sea thing. Yes. And there's a psalm as well, isn't yeah, there? Yes, there's a psalm, yeah. So this, this great retrieval of the history of God's mighty Love it. deeds. Come on. Woohoo! Like yeah. this is this is joining the dots, isn't it? To make sure that we all know that what he is doing in overcoming the, the beast and, and you know winning the battle and, and conquering yeah. the world, this is what he's been up to all this time, Always. isn't it? Always yeah. the mission has been to reclaim the earth from the clutches of the dragon yes. and to save the people in it and to save the nations of it. Can I give a little agenda post moment? Go for it. So the nations, we love the nations, don't we? We know that the nations must serve him and will serve him according to <laughs> verse four of this chapter. So all nations will come and worship yeah. you. And yet we see that at present... The nations are not doing that well not at it. Entirely, not they? fairly. No. So <clears throat> one thing that Christians get hung up on, I think unnecessarily, is the idea that our our nation should be a Christian right. nation. Yeah. And that we should hate and fear and suspect the non-Christian nations, yes. especially much, because they are horizontally, diametrically opposed yeah. to the nations of God. You see, although all the people came and bowed to the beast a couple of chapters ago and presented themselves before his image and worshipped him and received his mark. The nations did not, do not, ever in Revelation. The nations do not bow to Satan or to the beast. That's interesting. The people do. Yeah. But the nations say, your righteous act has been revealed. Who will not fear? We glorify your name. You alone are holy. We worship you. The nations are Jesus' nations. Wow. And we must not equivocate or equate the um, godlessness of people in nations to our judgment against those nations. All those nations will experience redemption. They shall all be saved by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the name wow. of Jesus, yeah. for the glory of God the Father. They shall all, and we must see them for the treasure that that wow. is, and not make ourselves nationalists who are, you know, our Christian country against your evil, scary other country sub uh, subjected to some other ungodly belief. Yeah. That's just not a help. Wow. So even in the country that we might think of as the most difficult one, the one right that's now, most close to the gospel, institutionally opposed to yeah. the gospel, yeah. yet that nation still belongs to Jesus. It still belongs to Jesus, wow. and He will save people from <clears throat> that nation, and they will celebrate and experience. Redemption. Has already, of course. Oh, yeah, at least. Yeah, I mean, if you're only talking about the two hundred and what is it, two hundred and eight or something countries of the UN, um, definitely there are Christians in all of those, yeah. but. Some of them are having a lot harder time than others. Definitely. But it is such a mistake to m mistakenly 
think that the government of the earthly government in its absolute poverty of riches when compared with with the king of kings it's a, such a mistake to think of the government of those countries as being a an entirely spiritualized entity mm-hmm. yeah. because the spiritual entity serves god and wow. and experiences salvation and, and is subject to jesus the earthly entity you know democracy and monarchies and dictators and stuff they will come and go and like babylon they are sure to get their comeuppance eventually. But that's not really what we're talking about. The nations themselves are lovely and they are owned by Jesus. He's come to rule over the nations and his government, thankfully, will never come to an end. You know, he will rule them forever. That is a really, really interesting thought, Pete, and really worth uh, kind of pondering and reflecting on. Mm. So this song of Moses, like you say, it's the song of deliverance, isn't it? it it's is, the yeah. song of we've escaped through the Red Sea. We thought we, we, we left were in Egypt this, behind. Yeah. yeah. And then Pharaoh and his horsemen, they came hounding us and we we're caught in this bottleneck with the mountains on each side. Egyptians behind us, Red Sea in front. And then God blows with his wind, makes a way through. We get to the other side and all the horses and riders have drowned. Yeah. They sing this song of deliverance. Hallelujah. Yeah. Because we've escaped. Yeah. But it was the I am. God reveals himself to Moses as I am, doesn't yes. he? The Yahweh. Yahweh, the pre-existing one, the ever-living one. Yeah, the self-evident one. Yes. The the one who is and there is no other. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> and yet now we're seeing that that is also the song of the Lamb, yes. who is not only... He is the lamb, mm. he's the sacrifice, but he's also the I am as well. And yes. he's the deliverer from Egypt and yeah. the deliverer from the beast and everything yeah, else. He and is the fullness of the salvation of God. <laughs> Utterly stunning. So verse five, after this, I looked and the sanctuary of the tent, the tabernacle of witness in heaven was opened. Mm. And out of the sanctuary came the seven angels with the seven plagues, clothed in pure bright linen with golden sashes around their chests. And one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God who lives forever. And the sanctuary was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one could enter the sanctuary until the seven plagues of the seven angels were finished. Mm. And Pete, I don't know about you, but whenever I look at the this idea of the temple in heaven or yeah. this sanctuary, which is the tabernacle in heaven, mm. I immediately, my mind starts racing around this idea of Moses on the mountain in the presence of God mm. where God gives him the instructions about the tabernacle yes. or the tent that he then constructs in the wilderness yeah. out of all the plunder they've brought from Egypt and the gold and all mm-hmm. the stuff fabric and stuff and he, and it says that he built it according to the pattern laid down in yes. heaven that is such a key concept and so this idea that the the earthly tent that Moses took um, the blood of sacrifices into and engaged with God mm-hmm. was actually only ever a kind of... A copy. Copy. It yes. was like an impression, an artist's impression yes. at the very best of yeah. what he'd seen in heaven when presumably Moses was exposed to all of this kind of stuff. Yes. And then... 
but when what we see is the instead of people as priests we see these angels coming in they're kind of dressed in kind of like priestly robes aren't yes. they really with bright linen and golden sashes and mm. stuff like that and yet what they're doing now in this in this temple is or in this sanctuary is by the glory of God visiting that sanctuary, which again rings so many bells for me. Yeah, yeah. The actual wrath of God is poured, poured out. out into bowls. And, and so, so this off. connection between the glory of God and the wrath, and the of, wrath God. of God. Yeah. Just let's think about that for a second. Yeah. Well, it, it, I, to me, the the sense is that same thing we were saying a few sessions ago about how the fragrance of Christ yeah. is just this beautiful honeyed, textured flavour to us who are being saved. But to those who are perishing, it's the stench of death. And the same thing can appear both stinky and beautifully fragrant depending on the condition of your heart and if you're dead in your sins and you, your heart is far away from god the the coming of god is bad news to you whereas if you are being saved and you've given your life to jesus the coming of god is whoa at last Fantastic. you know great salvation to yeah. us and i think that's the kind of thing you're talking about so yes yeah, so i think where god is is i mean our god is a consuming fire yeah he is a, a warrior he is the built the bible's names for him aren't just gentle jesus meek and mild yeah. they are this is the pure unfiltered representation of all justice and and power and so we cannot but tremble as yeah. we approach him but it, it is true isn't it that as he comes he brings him whole self yes. with him so if wrath then wrath if salvation then salvation it's up to us as to how we experience that wow. same reality i think and uh, this this harkens back that one corinthians 3 has this great description of what paul says is is what um what an apostle does and so so he says that a foundation is laid which is jesus yeah and no other foundation can be laid but on it we all build our little edifices yeah. yeah and like the three little pigs one of them's yeah. out of straw yeah. one of them's out of sticks and one of them's out of like precious stones and the really yeah. really good work and he says all the work will be tested with fire and what fire is there other than god's manifest presence yeah you know if if god moves in and tests your work and and then sort of steps back to look and see what remains anything made of straw and sticks and stubble is going to be blown away there'll be wow. barely even ashes left will there incredible but all of the work the deeds that follow the people that have served god and held on to him for their dear life and um, they will experience that fire as a, a great cleansing and purifying mm. and, and a wonderful moment of refining and it's I like that that's the, sorry pete it's okay. like the guys in the fiery furnace isn't it yes. when the fire came when they were exposed to that intense heat that was literally consuming the guards who were throwing him in yes. so they died and fell they back burned yeah but the three brothers who were faithful to god yes actually in the fire or yeah three friends i don't know if they're brothers but they're all, they're in the fire and they actually encounter jesus mm. in the fire but it says that the only thing that was consumed was the the ropes, bonds, the ropes that tied him up. Yeah, and, and all their clothes think, and their hair wow. don't even smell a smoke. After so instantly. our exposure to the fire, if our hearts are pure and com 
you know, devoted to God yeah. and actually liberate us even more. Yes. Whereas if we are not at all in the condition of repentance and faith, then it will burn us up to a little wow. tiny crisp. And so you know where we were talking in the previous chapter, mm-hmm. and we said, um, you know, about the smoke of their torment. So, so yes, back yeah. into chapter fourteen. Sorry, everyone, just dive back with me one second, mm-hmm. and we've got this judgment on the Babylon, and it says that the people who had kind of taking the beast's mark on themselves were were also put into this fire of judgment and it says he will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels mm. and in the presence of the lamb and yes. i kind of think this idea of fire and brimstone mm. fire and sulfur yeah is actually just another manifestation of the presence of god and to come into the presence of the Lamb mm. in a sinful, rebellious, hostile state is to literally be tormented. Stepped into a lake of fire. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. Because there, there is, I mean, there is that picture in, in Revelation of, of this abyss where yeah. these hideous things are kept yeah. and then let loose on the world. And I think unhelpfully, people like Dante and Milton, yeah. they combined the pictures yeah. to have this horrible devilish kingdom that's like a Hieronymus um, Bosch yeah the painter yeah and and some hideous like it's like heaven with God and the angels up there and hell with the, the Satan Gassy and the demons down there demons plotting and scheming and getting yeah. ready to do stuff and torture you yeah but that can't be right can it because here the 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 Satan and the beast are all thrown hand and foot into the lake of fire where they, they are, you know, destroyed for all eternity or tormented for all eternity. The smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. And they experience the the wrath of God as such. Yeah. You know, they're not lords of that place, are they? They're no, not waiting no, no. with their pointy pitchforks ready to poke, poke at you. <laughs> they're as helpless and, and without hope in there yeah. as you are. Yeah. And so anybody who, who is, is cast into this place, who is not got the light of Jesus in their hearts, experiences it in the same way. Whereas the people who step into it, the presence of God, as redeemed people who've experienced the Lamb's redemption, they are saved, aren't they? They are cleaned. And all the yeah. anything that's left, any cruddy stuff that's left will be burned away. But what will be left is our true selves and our complete lives as they should be. Wow. Yeah. So... When we pray for the glory of God mm. to come into our assemblies of, as the church, you know, mm. when we gather together and we say, God, let your glory come. We can expect him to come like fire in, yeah. in a purifying kind of way, which will, there will be times when, I guess, when we're like John the apostle and we lie on jesus and we feel so oh, safe feel so and good, loved yeah. and absolutely affirmed and uh cared for but there'll be times when there's a tremble that comes into the house yeah. as we as god calls us to account over some things mm. i says, have experienced I want this sorted out yeah. i have experienced it the yeah. agony of of my awareness of my sin yeah. and my unrepentance yeah. i've i've felt it while the the presence of god has been in the assembly and some people are you know just laughing for joy or crying out in in celebration mm-hmm. of the loveliness of god and there i am on my face going 
Ah, no. I'm so sorry. And and experiencing repentance as as a result of God's kindness, which is to to come and be amongst us exactly as he promised, but to you know if my heart's not right and i'm full of unrepentant sin it is hard to be in the presence of god it is a it, it, what is it he says it's a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living god and yeah it's hard to square the circle and we like it simple we like gentle jesus meek and wild big cuddle with papa god yeah but we have to take this too we have yeah. to admit and speak the truth that this is also part of his character yeah. and nature to not compromise and to not let any hideous thing into the eternal place. You know, he's coming out from the sanctuary, isn't he? And once the wrath of God is poured out and finished, then we can come in. But yeah. boy, oh boy, don't go in before that. Not allowed. We were singing Sunday, weren't we? He's a lion and he's a lamb. Yeah. You know, we we have him. We can't have one or the other. It, no. the exclude, exclude one and exclude the other. We have... We have Jesus, we have the lion and the lamb. Mm. Listen, guys, if you're listening to this and you've never prayed that prayer of surrender to Jesus, can I urge you today, for all that I'm worth, to receive him, to say, Jesus, thank you that you drank the cup of God's wrath for my sake. And Lord, today I choose to accept that gift. I humbly come and present myself to you and ask you god that you forgive me for Mm. every every sinful thought every sinful inclination every deceitful part of me Mm. let me be washed clean that i can stand in your presence and be among those who sing that special song yeah forever and ever and ever great and amazing amen amen god bless you guys